you're listening to The Climate Show, and this week we're talking pipelines. The Kinder Morgan Pipeline, to be exact. In an age where it has become clear that the consumption of fossil fuels has disastrous effects on the world we live in, pipelines are still being built. Alberta's tar sands specifically have extremely negative effects on its surrounding environment. ACM Chief Chief Squamish. That's Ruben Jor of Tsleil-Waututh First Nation, speaking at a protest outside the Kinder Morgan offices in 2014. So you look at the size of Texas, how big Texas is, that's how much earth those companies want to move. And it takes two tons of earth for this company behind me, two tons of earth to get one barrel of oil. It takes three and a half barrels of water to get one barrel of oil. Within a hundred kilometers of the Alberta tar sands, the water and the land is toxic. I seen, I seen elk with a cancer cyst the size of, of, a, of, of a softball. Salmon and trout, a, a cancerous cyst the size of, of a golf ball. The Exxon Valdez, what you know happened in Alaska, still today, 25 years later, is still not trying to pay compensation for the, the lives that they ruined up there. And that's the same at BP. They're still not trying to pay, but isn't this ludicrous and crazy because they're making $71 million a day and they can't compensate the lives that they ruin? But what I believe, what I truly believe, is because that $71 million that, that, that those oil companies are making, Richard Kinder and Peter Morgan, they're not taking care of the people that are hungry. They're not, they're not putting money into taxes that are going to help clean up your land and clean up your water. Not only are they extracting, but they're killing things and killing people. And the government's saying that's okay. The government's saying that it's okay to take lives and to ruin lands. It's okay for them to fill their pockets and become more rich. $71 million a day is ludicrous. Look at all this industry right here making millions of dollars, but there's homeless people right over there. Like my kids, I think of their future, what we're gonna hand over to them, how they're gonna live, have them continue to eat salmon. That's why my, my nation make those decisions. And we don't tag those salmon when they go to the Pacific, say you have to put it back because it's a tisle with your salmon. Our actions are for everybody. They're for everybody. Especially our children, especially our kids. But they're not doing that. Harper, you know what he did when he found out the Chicolton decision passed? He went in his office and cried. He went in his office, that's, yeah, it's crazy because look at what he's caring about. They're so sick in their greed for money and for power that they can't make a choice for their future generations. And you know what? We will do it for them. We will stop it for them. We will say no for them. So I thank you. I thank each and every one of you for coming out today. And it will be big here. Just like we did in Northern British Columbia at Enbridge. Just like it did in Kinder Morgan now. We're starting to take off here in Washington State. But it's big in BC. Just like it did 
with the Keystone. We need your support. We need your voice because it affects you. It affects all of us. It's not a First Nation or Tribal person problem. It's not an environmental person problem. It's everybody's problem. It's everybody's problem. So I thank you. Hi, I'm Sophie Burks. I'm an organizer with Divest McGill, and I'm working on a rally against the Kinder Morgan pipeline called Climate 101 uh, with 350. That's Sophie Burks. She's going to tell us how youth in Canada has an opportunity to pressure the government to say no to Kinder Morgan. So tell me about uh, the organization 350. Uh, so 350 is an international environmental activism NGO and there are different branches in different countries so Climate 101 is happening with 350 Canada but 350 is the organization that um, organized the, the rallies before Obama rejected the Keystone XL pipeline um, and we don't know exactly why Obama decided to reject the Keystone XL pipeline but it just so happens that the biggest rallies and acts of civil disobedience happened right before the rejection of the pipeline. All right, to start off, what exactly is Kinder Morgan? Uh, so the Kinder Morgan pipeline is uh, going to lead to the expansion of the tar sands. Uh, it's a pipeline leading east, and uh, this is like the first major pipeline decision that the Liberal government is going to have to make. Um, and so this will pretty much decide whether or not they want to be climate leaders in the future or not. Okay, so uh, tell me about Climate 101. So Climate 101 is a student and youth-led act of civil disobedience. It's going to happen in Ottawa uh, on October 24th. And the whole idea is to get youth and students from all over the country, um, since they were a major voting block and are often underestimated, to kind of retaliate and demand that Justin Trudeau rejects this pipeline and listens to the youth voices. Another question is, why are you focusing on youth and students? Because I know a handful of adults who would just be there straight away. Um, why are you focusing on the youth? Yeah, we decided that we wanted this to be a youth and student-led event um, because we feel that youth and students are often underestimated, especially in terms of voters. And I guess this is a bit of a threat to the Trudeau government, as in they need this block of voters um, for a re-election. Um, also, it is like the youth and student lives that are at risk and their future that's at risk with climate change. And so kind of keeping their promises, uh, the Trudeau government um, ensures like a brighter future for the future generations. All right. So tell me a little bit about uh, the type of pressure Justin Trudeau is getting right now from what different sides are pressuring him to say yes or to say no to this pipeline. Right now, media outlets are really showing that just it, the likelihood is that Justin Trudeau will approve the pipeline. He's getting a lot of pressure from um, different tar sands company and from Alberta to approve it. So the whole point of this project for the Climate 101 rally is to give him pressure from the other side. Talking about how Trudeau has been creating this image for himself. Can you tell me a bit about that image and why you think this image is going to help you in your in your uh, demands? Definitely. So I feel like when Trudeau was elected, um, stats show that it was largely um, youth and like the younger uh, voting bloc that pushed him into office. 
Um, and so he's been giving this image of himself of kind of a photo op prime minister. He's the youth minister. He's named himself a climate leader. He said he's going to build new nation-to-nation relationships with aboriginals. And all the talk is great, but we want to see some action behind the talk. Um, we feel like he's painting a really nice picture, but nothing is actually coming true. He just approved the massive LNG fracking um project. Um, Site C happened just a few days after they said that they would follow the UN recommendations on how to treat Aboriginal people and Aboriginal rights. Um, These are all violating those rights. So we feel as the Minister of Youth, as a a climate leader, he should be listening to what we actually want and going through on his word. How many people have signed up for Climate 101 so far? Or is it just a kind of like you can show up and be there type thing? Uh, No, we want everybody to sign up ahead of time because we're going to provide a training on civil acts of disobedience ahead of time. Uh, Make sure that everybody's comfortable since they won't know exactly what they're doing on the day of, but we'll have guides uh, guiding them through the whole day and uh, point people. Um, And uh, before we're going to give like a mandatory legal briefing and we'll also do some like um, mock trainings of what the possible things they could be doing the next day are. All right. And... um do you guys have a plan? Like, what are you going to get do once you get there in Ottawa? Um, so most people, uh, people are coming from all over the country. Um, so I'm the Montreal-based organizer, and there's going to be buses leaving Montreal Sunday, the t- October 23rd, heading to Ottawa. Um, once we get to Ottawa, we'll meet everybody else who's participating in the rally. We're expecting about 100 youth to be there. Maybe a little, it looks like it might be a little more than that even. Um, meet everyone. We'll go through... Uh, a training of what a civil act of disobedience is, a legal briefing so that everyone remembers that we need to stay nonviolent and really send a clear message, um, and then really just talk about politics and what we're expecting from the Trudeau government. So can you give me a play-by-play of the day, like the actual day you're going to get there in the morning, what you're going to do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So everybody is set to arrive in Ottawa um, on Sunday the 23rd and they will have been trained and briefed and ready and they'll be pumped. Um, So Monday morning, um, we'll probably wake up from some sort of indoor camping situation at University of Ottawa or something of the like. And we'll start a rally off, um, a march from University of Ottawa. And um, just to get the energy going And then we'll have a couple of speakers to pump everyone up. And then we will begin the act of civil disobedience, which we haven't said exactly what it is. Um, There's going to be various point people, maybe about a dozen, guiding different groups um, throughout the event, depending on their different levels of intensity and implication. And then we'll proceed throughout our day that way. Um, It will have a potential of uh, being arrestable, the civil act of disobedience. Um, But... We think that the last thing that the Trudeau government wants is a bunch of student and youth getting arrested in Ottawa because they like the environment and they want him to keep his word. So tell me exactly, you talk about civil disobedience a lot, and when you hear those words, you, I, my brain goes to somewhere violent. <laughs> but I can't imagine this, uh, this demonstration to be that violent. So what exactly is an act of dis- civil disobedience? Uh, no, it's not going to be violent at all. So an act of civil disobedience pretty much could be anything that's against the law, but these generally happen in very nonviolent situations, and we want to send a nonviolent message. Acts of civil disobedience can take place as, like, a blockade, as a sit-in. Um, you've probably seen, like, Vanessa Gray. She used, like, a bike lock to tie herself to um, a fence. Um, so there's all different levels, and they can be different levels of escalation. Um, acts of civil disobedience can be trespassing. It can really be anything. Tell me how this will affect Canadians as a whole, including Indigenous communities. 
So if this pipeline is built, it's really going to lock us into a future of oil and tar sands expansion. Alberta is allowed 43% tar sands expansion, which we think is a ridiculous um, barrier. Um, also, the uh, Indigenous rights movement and the environmental movement are very intertwined. Um, often projects like this, pipeline projects, L the LNG fracking projects, Site C, are all projects that will cause environmental disasters and really warm temperatures, but at the same time, they violate Indigenous land rights, they violate Indigenous rights to culture and religion. They're the only people in Canada who often have those rights violated. Why did you end up getting involved in climate justice, and why do you think it's important? So I've always been really conscious of my place in the world and the amount of space that I am taking up. And I started at a very individual level of the changes that I could make in my life and then realized that you really need uh, different levels of change. So what's the point of just me biking and being vegetarian and participating in Divest McGill when there's no actual institutional change taking place? I feel like a lot of politicians are putting all the weight on individuals to make these changes, but we need both. We need the institutional change and we need a system change as well as personal lifestyle changes. Um, so when I came to that realization, um, and I realized how social movements sort of begin, whether it's like the women's rights movement or, or like different racial movements. Social movements we kind of always uh, define as like, like Gandhi freed India from colonialism or Martin Luther King um, made blacks equal to whites in the states. But actually it's just individuals all rallying together and creating this mass change. We always sort of put a figurehead to these movements, but it really is grassroots. To get involved in Climate 101 and to sign up, visit www.climate101.ca. That's www.climate101.ca. Climate Show is produced by Zoe McLennan, Simon Banderob, Emma Willinger, and Noah Petkow. It airs 8.30 to 9 as part of the Monday Morning Afters on CKUT 90.3 FM. The Climate Show is a CKUT co-presentation. Climate change isn't over, but our show is. See you next week.